The Adam Crowley Show. Well, can I just speak for myself here, please? No, I will not speak to you, Stat Pat. I've had it up to here with you. Well, you can hear me, okay? Just listen to no! me. Just for a second. No! Enough! Adam Crowley on ESPN Pittsburgh. No Gino, no Haglin. Uh-oh. You found the Crowley Show where your mom listens, and you should too. 412-922-2874 is the number to call. Or you can join the cast of dozens and follow me on Twitter, at underscore Adam Crowley. Carl Haglin skated before practice. He will not make the trip to Washington, D.C. Evgeny Malkin skated before practice. He will make the trip to Washington, D.C., Fingers crossed that Gino can get in there for game two, but both players have been ruled out for game one. Son of a bitch! Now, Penguins fans are confident about their team's second-round matchup with Washington, and I get it. The Penguins are 9-1 and all-time in playoff series against their foes from our nation's capital. The Pens have beat the Caps and wrote to the Stanley Cup in each of the last two seasons. The boys of winter beating Washington in the playoffs is like a rite of spring. But are Pens fans a little too confident? Just a smidge? I think so. I put up a Twitter poll yesterday, unsponsored. At underscore Adam Crowley. And 85% of you said the Pens were going to beat the Caps. I think that you're a little too confident given the uncertainty around Evgeny Malkin's lower body injury. Penguins fans were quick to bitch about Geno not being included in the NHL top 100 players list. They were right. To do so, they were right to complain. But if he's deserving of that distinction, isn't he instrumental in the team's efforts this postseason? Surely. Evgeny Malkin's second half tear is the reason that these Penguins were able to qualify for the playoffs. He's deserving of a Hart Trophy nomination. He was the most valuable player on the team this year. Now, Broussard's a hell of a player. He's had a tremendous playoff career, but Malkin's a Con Smythe winner. The threat of Geno's shot is invaluable on the power play. The Penguins have won the Cup three times in the Crosby-Malkin era. Having great center depth is the biggest reason why they've been able to accomplish that. No team in the league can boast what the Penguins have down the middle with Crosby and Malkin and Broussard and Shea. But if anybody can, it's the Washington Capitals. Kuznetsov, Backstrom, and Eller is pretty darn formidable. I won't go so far as to say that any team with Crosby is going to lose the battle at center, but without Malkin, that absolutely evens the playing field. With him, I like the Penguins' chances of beating the Capitals for the third straight year and for the tenth time in 11 tries. Without him, I've got caps in six. 412-922-2874. I guess it depends how long Malkin's going to be out. If he misses the whole series, the Penguins, I think, could win two games, but not more than that. If Evgeny Malkin misses a game, and you've picked the Penguins to win in seven games with him, then doesn't that make you think that they're going to lose the series now without him? There's so much going on in the minds of Penguins fans, but it always comes back to, oh, we beat him in nine out of ten years. Guys, it's a different year, and now the Penguins don't have one of their two superstars. The reason that they keep winning championships isn't because of depth players. They help, but it's because they've got the two best players playing together in the entire National Hockey League. Steelers fans do this kind of thing, too. Yo, Le'Veon Bell's the best running back in football. 
Ah, but we'd be fine with James Conner. You can't have it both ways. You can't bitch about Geno being left off the top 100 list and then complain that he's not getting enough heart trophy recognition and then also say that the Penguins can dismantle the Capitals without him. Sure, they scored eight goals with him out of the lineup against Philadelphia. Spoiler alert, these Capitals are far better than the team the Penguins just played. The Capitals, despite getting rid of almost an entire bottom half of the roster, still won the division in the regular season. They're a good hockey team. Flawed, sure, but a good hockey team nonetheless. How have the Steelers fared in the playoffs without Le'Veon Bell? Not good. Lost to Baltimore, lost to Denver, lost to New England when he was on the shelf. The Penguins didn't have Geno in 2011, and they blew a 3-1 to series lead. These Penguins are deep, but depth is not as important as star power. Crosby and Malkin and Lemieux have been the Conn Smythe winners in franchise history. Sure, Talbot's had his moments. Kasparitis, the list goes on and on and on. But you win series and championships with stars. Think what you want because of the names on the front of the Caps jerseys. Pick the Penguins in six games. Fine. Do whatever it is that pleases you. I don't think the Penguins have more than a puncher's chance without Geno. Malkin matters. Tim Benz of Breakfast with Benz in the Trib will join me today at 420. It's about 14 minutes from now to discuss. On the NHL Network last night, a couple of analysts were talking about how this could be the year for Washington because the pressure's off. The Capitals kicked Kevin Shattenkirk to the curb. They got rid of Marcus Johansson. They said goodbye to Carl Alsner and Justin Williams, and they allowed Nate Schmidt to be picked up by Vegas in the expansion draft. Objectively, that made the Capitals a worse hockey club. They're just not as good as they've been the last two years. They finished with less points this year, and they struggled a little bit on the defensive side. Braden Holpe was not the same guy this season. Because of all that, the expectation level has changed for this team. And as I mentioned, many think the pressure is off. Last year in the playoffs, the Capitals, to a man, admitted that pressure got to them in Game 7. They were gripping their sticks too tight. Their butts were puckered. Their general manager talked about the pressure affecting their ability to get over the hump. It was a problem. Ovechkin has not been out of the second round, nor has Barry Trotz. You all know this. I know this. There is one surefire way for the Penguins to put pressure right back on the backs of these caps. Wow, that's a lot of rhymes. However, you got to win one of the first two on the road. Sure, the Jackets won both in Washington and then let the series slip away, but these Penguins are far superior to the hockey team that resides in Ohio. Not to mention the Capitals see black and gold in their nightmares. The weight of their failures against this team may rear its ugly head again if the Penguins can steal home ice from them this time around. That's one of the reasons why I like that the Penguins are starting out on the road again. Two years ago, the Penguins won game two in Washington. They were able to eventually get up three games to one in the series. Last year, the Penguins won both in Washington and were able to get up three to one in the series. The Capitals may not have the pressure on them from the outside world like they have for over a decade, but internally, that pressure still has to be burning hot. Ovi knows he's never advanced beyond this point. Trotz won't have his confidence renewed 
if they get past this round, and not just the confidence, but his contract. That's all kinds of pressure. Ovechkin's playing for legacy, or he's always, rightly or wrongly, going to be the guy who couldn't win the big one, right? You don't think Trotz will overcoach if his team's back is against the wall and his job's on the line? I think it's more than a distinct possibility. Pressure isn't what we make of it. It has nothing to do with what the media says. Uh, They're going to have to deal with questions. They're going to have to deal with peppering. They already have to deal with what the outside world and the fans are saying. That's not as important. What's most important is what they make of this opportunity against the Pittsburgh Penguins. They've been combustible from the inside before. Since 2009, Altbrook's Orpik is known as playoff disappointment. Carlson, Backstrom, Kuznetsov, they've never won jack. T.J. Oshie, he's on a tear right now, but his teams in St. Louis never lived up to expectation, and they didn't in Washington either. Braden Holpe has always allowed one more goal than he should. Niskanen talks a lot, but doesn't always put up when he needs to. You don't think that they're playing to win it all, despite nobody thinking that this can really be the year? They know what they're playing for, and they're putting the pressure on themselves to do it. It's not about us. It's not about me spewing nonsense over the airwaves here in Pittsburgh. It's not about whoever's spewing nonsense over the air in Washington, D.C., although there's a lot of that going on. It's about internally what they're doing to themselves. And Matt Niskanen and Brooks Orpik and Alex Ovechkin, and the list goes on and on and on, they have not won junk, Orpik not since 2009. That eats at you, especially when the team that always stands in the way is standing in your way again. Isabel Kershidian, that's going to be an issue all day long, of the Washington Post will hop on at 540 to talk about the pressure on the Capitals, what they're feeling. I'm sure they're saying all the right things. They always do. That's the narrative. Well, the Capitals have figured it out this year because they got through the first round. Well, they get through the first round every freaking year. Well, they're saying the right things this time. They always say the right things. And then they go out there and they pee down their legs. Except for one guy. Alex Ovechkin. He does not pee down his leg. He does not get the credit that he deserves in this town at all. He's the best goal scorer I've ever seen with my two eyes. All due respect to Mario Lemieux. This guy puts the puck in the back of the net the way that players did in eras where that happened all the time. The puck doesn't find the back of the net all that much in this era. It's starting to get there, but throughout his career, might as well be the dead puck era. He's not the reason that they keep getting bounced from the playoffs. He did not play a good Game 7 last year against the Penguins. Two turnovers led to goals. He also shot one off the stick of Marc-Andre Fleury, but he largely performs well in the playoffs. He has... .5 goals per game. That's a really high number. It's not Gensel-like, but we could all try to aspire to that. Sports fans consume sports in their own different ways. Some people are into the fun side. They like entertainment. That's what we do. Others like sports fed to them like vegetables. We're the dessert. You listen to us, and we give you everything you want, and you keep coming back for more. We're like nicotine. You can't break your habit. But whether you're with us 
and you're part of the hashtag 700%, or you're a guy who likes their vegetables, you've probably sat down at some point in your life and gawked at Barry Bonds' stats. You put your hand down your pants, you grab a brewski, and you're clicking through, looking at his OPS, seeing how many homers he had, how many times he walked. I know I have. Once a year I sit down and drool over his numbers. They're sick. If you're a real sports fan, and not just a fan of the Pittsburgh Penguins, you have to appreciate Alex Ovechkin in the same way. He scored 65 goals in 2007. 60 freaking five. What the bleep? He scored 49 or more in four of his last five years. 50 or more seven times. Crosby scored 50 just once. Now, it would have been twice if not for that damn David Steckel. Ovechkin's magical. It ain't his fault that they keep losing. I just want you to keep that shiz in your mind so you don't start to sound like Flyers fans. Ovechkin sucks. Cindy Crosby sucks. He does not. Neither of them do. And you'd be wise to remember that. I hate watching the Penguins and the Capitals in the playoffs. It's always worked out for me in my lifetime. But I hate it now more than ever because that Ovechkin guy walking down the wing, every time it gives you heart palpitations, right? Every single opportunity he gets, you think's going in the back of the net, especially on the power play. Anytime the Capitals get on the PP, you're thinking for two minutes, F this, might as well just give them a goal right now. For as good as the Penguins' power play was this year and historically great from their team standards, the Capitals' power play is always better than Pittsburgh's. And you know it's coming! I think that the thing that separates the goods from the greats in sports is when the greats say, I'm going to do this, you know they're going to do it, and they do it anyway. Like, when Nolan Ryan was throwing you a fastball, you couldn't hit it. When Mariano Rivera was throwing you a cutter, you couldn't hit it. When Peyton Manning's Omahaing and checking down at the line, you know he's not doing what you thought he was going to do, but you know he's doing something different. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You can't stop him. Alexander Ovechkin stands there on the circle and gets ready to hammer that one-timer, and there's nothing you can effing do about it. And it is going to be a pain in the ass for six or seven games. I am not mentally prepared for this. You should try to get Mentally prepared, though. Start drinking now. Game one, tomorrow at 7. Hell of a sports day tomorrow. Pens, Caps, game one, 7 o'clock. Our NFL draft coverage begins at 7 right here on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Dale Lawley is going to join us today at 5 to discuss the Steelers' needs and some players who fit their needs. But coming up next, he is the official vampire of the Crowley Show. He is Tim Benz from Breakfast with Benz. Talking puck, talking draft, and God knows what else. It's ESPN Pittsburgh. Hi, Tom Bodette here. Apparently it's super cool to do this voice when you're trying to be real serious. It's called vocal fry. Yeah. So I just want to stress how at Motel 6 you can get a great room for a great low pride. <coughs> how do they keep this up? I feel like I have mono. I'm Tom Bodette for Motel 6, and we'll leave the lozenge on for you. Light. I meant light. Thomas McGillicuddy. Who? 5'11", 
285 pounds, best punter in the entire league. That guy is great at the coffin corner. Jason tweets at underscore Adam Crowley. Got them all up and running. Hashtag 700%. Hashtag great monologue. Hashtag strive for 1,000%. Hashtag you're the dessert. Took me three months to come around to loving the show like this. Like I said, we're like cigarettes. First time you smoke when it's like, ah, my tongue's fuzzy. This is awful. But you get a little buzz. And you come back for the buzz, and you keep getting a buzz until you don't anymore, but at that point, you're addicted, and you're sucked in, and then you have cancer and die. If I could add to that just one little thing, we're also better when you're drunk. 100%. Without a doubt. I'm hammered right now. Tomorrow, from 6 o'clock until 7, Hitchhiker Brewery is going to be here, and they will be giving us samples, and that's going to be badass. Finally. Finally. We get we figured out a way to get beer in the studio, like for free, like, like officially, not like we had to hide it in the hallway. Is it illegal though? Is this Plugola? No. Should I have asked that off the air? No, this is look. No, this isn't even close. This, they're coming in with beer. Yeah, and we're going to talk about the beer that they bring. Hmm. No Plugola. No Tim Benz. Money changing hands. Oh, money has to change hands for plug gold. Well, there's also eh, it's a, it's a whole complicated. Don't you don't worry your pretty little head about it. We're just gonna drink in the studio and we'll have a good time. Don't worry about the minutiae and the details. Yeah, Tom's the one who filled out my corporate. I filled it out. Oh, uh, it was you. You're the one who filled that out. Anyway, Tim Benz, the official vampire of the Crowley Show from Breakfast with Benz, joins us now. Hello, Tim. You dink. I was supposed to be on. At what time? Six o'clock tomorrow. Yeah. I would have come in for the beer before the draft and before the hockey game. And now I've been moved to 420 the day before. And I don't get free marijuana at 420. However, I would have gotten free beer if I had stayed in my former time slot. What what gives? Tim, I, I like will. That ex- place. I've been to Hitchhiker before. They're good. It's tremendous. It's right by my house. I will I extend know. this to you, Tim. You can still come in at six tomorrow if you'd like to. I might just do that. I'll mark you down. I am kind of on a 30-day non-drinking cleanse right now. The temptation would probably be too much. This might be personal, but it is the Crowley Show. Did you just get a new girlfriend or something? I mean, that's the only reason why you'd go on a 30-day cleanse. No, I just felt like I was drinking way too much. I I looked back at one of the uh, showdowns on uh, Channel 2, and I looked like I had been on a five-day bender, and I had basically had, like, two drinks the night before, and I said, that's it. It's it's time to stop. So then I went on that last week. I thought I looked a lot better. What did you think? I don't watch that, Tim. What do you watch? Do you watch the other one on Channel 11? No, at night I watch porn while my wife combs my beard. Uh, is that a fetish thing? I, I bet you there's actually porn of that. There's probably porn of people watching porn while their significant others cuckold their beard. Yeah, it's I very meta, Tim. Exist. It's a meta thing. I can confirm that. There you go. Tim Sometimes Benz. the woman is the one that's bearded. I mean, that gets a little weird. Then you kind of wander into, like, you know, you know, porn from different countries and things of that sort. But not that I'm experienced or anything. <laughs> <laughs> Just in Transylvania, Romania, a little, uh, little combing of the beard out there. 
Well, wait a minute. Like when they when they did the traveling circuses here in the U.S. back in the day, the bearded woman was always from Turkey, right? Wasn't she always from Turkey? She was. She was kind of yeah. hot. So I guess it was Turkish porn then. And it's weird. Turkey porn is an entirely different kind of porn, and you see it all the time at Thanksgiving, and it usually has to do with stuffing the turkey. But oh, I thought it had there. to do with gobbling something, but I guess yeah, that's... Yeah, you, you could gobble something, too, yeah. yeah. That's a whole different category right it there. It is, uh, 100%. Yeah, it's actually, a lot of it is actually filmed in Gobbler's Knob, right where the, uh, right where the, the groundhog is. Gobbler her knob? I, never mind. Tim... Evgeny Malkin, out for at least game one, and I think Penguins fans just see Capitals and they say, oh, we're going to win this series. But a lot of Penguins fans had been saying prior to this, it's going to be Pens and Six, Pens and Seven. If you think before the series, it's going to be Pens and Seven, and you're not weighing the Evgeny Malkin injury into it, don't you have to say at that point, well, the Penguins aren't going to win this series? Right, exactly. Uh, people adjust their ironclad predictions based on whatever they want to have as the outcome anyway. Like, they'll shift their prediction to meet what they want to see as an end result, and that's why it gets kind of silly when we do predictions and things like that. Uh, I think the Pens will win this series in seven only if Malkin manages to miss fewer than two games. Like, if he misses the first two and watch and then comes back and plays the last five, I can still see them winning this in seven. Previously, I had said six. Uh, I don't feel uh, my. I guess my expectations are sort of moving a little bit there, too. But it's not like I expected a sweep if Malkin played. You know what I mean? Like, if Malkin had played all seven, then they still might lose two or three, you know? So I, I think that that potential third game, like they lost one without Sid last year. Remember when he got cross-checked by right. Michigan? Um, and then they lost one, well, lost two others with him. So I could see them winning this series if Malkin manages to come back by the time the series shifts back to Pittsburgh, which I believe, based on the rate of releasing the schedule, will be sometime next month. Yeah, we have no freaking worldly idea when the hell that's coming up. But and I, and I, it's got it's got to happen soon, Adam, because I just I can't go on more and deal with the people who act like the NHL is there personally being offended, and the NHL is personally out to get them by holding back the schedule because you know. They need a sitter so they can figure out which nights they can go to the big screen. Yeah, I went to Dollar General today to buy some peanut butter because I wanted peanut butter. That's why I did that. And the lady who was checking me out, both literally and figuratively, she said, I can't believe we don't know when the rest of the series is going to be. And I said, don't worry, they'll, right. they'll play. Right, because she needs, she needs somebody to cover for her at Dollar General so she can... You know, sit outside the big screen and, and figure out whose couch they're going to take from which apartment to put out there that night. They do not cover for other people at Dollar General. It's the same person who's there in perpetuity. I don't know why the hell she cares anyhow. You know, it's sort of like, hey, hey Commissioner Bettman, uh, the girl from Dollar General in the South Hills of Pittsburgh is on the line. Uh, could, you, could you hang up the conference call at NBC? She wants to know when the Cap Series has started. Tim, it bothers me that Penguins fans bitch and moan that Evgeny Malkin does not make it into the top 100. It makes me mad when Penguins fans bitch and moan and say Evgeny Malkin should be in the Hart Trophy conversation and then act as though he doesn't matter. It's like what you always said when Le'Veon Bell would get hurt. Oh, he's the best running back in football, but they'll be fine without him. Right, and actually it's easier to make that argument for Lev than it is for Geno because then you just suggest that Ben's going to throw the ball more to Antonio Brown. You know, at least I could buy that. Now it's uh, more elevated ice time for Derek Broussard and Riley Shane, which is a better situation than 99% of the other hockey teams in the world. Uh, the Penguins are blessed in that regard. 
But, you know, then it's also more ice time for a couple extra forwards that shouldn't be playing right now. Same thing for Haglin. Oh, Haglin's indispensable because of his speed, his forecheck, and his penalty kill. Well, now he's been dispended, and we're still saying, ah, it's just the gaps. You know, we, we, we love to, as I just said, we love to argue what makes ourselves feel better so we feel more confident in our team, uh, whether or not we're actually confident in our pick. There's a lot of whistling past the graveyard in that context. Ben Z from Breakfast with Ben's joining me here on the Crowley Show, that, of course, on the Trib. Uh, Tim, what do you think the psychological edge really is for the Penguins in this series? How much of one do they have? I think they've got one in terms of the feeling as if the series, if it's close, the other shoe is going to drop. That was palpable in Washington last year. I was there for that game, and you could sense the impending doom as time went along with the game still scoreless. And then when the Penguins got up, you just felt like, oh, no. If you're you're a Caps fan, you could hear it, the murmuring after Pittsburgh scored the first goal, and even the discontent after they played well and didn't score in the first period. I think there is where the psychological edge is for the Penguins. Um, the edge in the other direction, if you want to try to make a case for Washington, is it's just a cauldron at this point. It's bubbled up so much. It's now or never, and we're going to force the action. We've seen the Steelers try to do that against the Patriots, and it hasn't worked. Let's hope for the Penguins' sake it's kind of that dynamic on skate. Tim Benz joining me here on the Crowley Show. Yeah, I, I do think it could go both ways. And really, even with the palpable tension, if you will, in the air last year at the Verizon Center, or whatever the hell they're calling it these days. Ovechkin still hits the stick of Marc-Andre Fleury, and if he doesn't, I'm not so sure the Penguins win that game. Right, yeah. They've had some... Fleury's made two historic stops on Ovechkin's in Game 7. <laughs> That's how... We talk about domination. It hasn't been domination. The Penguins just keep winning. <laughs> right. It's domination in terms of a series slate, but the individual accomplishments to get that level of domination have been really close. It hasn't been uh, Tom Brady in New England, 55, Steelers, 30. Right. Or, you know, it, it hasn't been that. Let's not compare the two in that part of the comparison. Like, I'm working on a piece for tomorrow about Ovechkin and the unstoppable power play shot that he's got from the left circle. Now, that's the that's the anomaly here. Is if you go back over the last two years, and frankly, even in the 2009 series where he went off, he only has three power play goals against the Penguins in three series. Oh jeez. Oh god, that damn's gonna break. Why'd you have to bring it up? Do not write about that tomorrow. In well, fact, I am writing about it because no. Like, okay, well let's let's do. It. Why do you think? Why do you think the Penguins have been good at it? Goaltending and luck. Goaltending, and I would also say the lack of a setup. I think the biggest thing for them is preventing Ovechkin from getting set up. Um, I was watching. I can't get over the video of this. Go back. It's, it's really funny. Like, try to do it during a commercial break. I put it out yesterday. It's on the page where Ovechkin, talked, where Ovechkin pulls his Bart Scott and goes, can't wait about playing the Penguins. If you see the power play goal that he scored against Alexander Wenberg, who was playing the top right uh, point of the box for the Blue Jackets. It's so funny. Wenberg is trying to play two positions at once. He's trying to take away the slot. And he looks over his shoulder, literally. I, I think he gets dizzy. Six times he peeks over at Ovechkin. Like, people try to play two positions at once against him. Either you take away the pass in the first place, or you just commit to going out there and have everybody else play four on three. That, that's what I think. And Wenberg got so confused and so stuck uh, you know, Ovechkin just hammered it by him. It, it feels like he's gotten 700 goals against the Penguins on the power play. 
It's actually only been 18 in his career, postseason and regular season, if you can believe that. But it feels like so much more. I was just talking about that in the last segment, Tim. Every time he touches the puck on the power play, I poop a little. Mm -hmm. He's just that scary. And really, even five-on-five, I get a little nervous, but... On the power play, it just seems like he's unstoppable. As for five-on-five play, uh, I think pe- the Penguins need to match up the Crosby unit with Ovechkin, see if they can uh, slow them down that way. And then I'd probably keep Crystal Tang out there a bunch on them. Yeah, I'd try to do that, too. It's really tough to play the matchup game on it the is. road. And Sullivan doesn't like to do matchups anyway. But I would agree with that premise. Um, you know, this is what I wrote about in the trip when Derek Broussard was first acquired, and we've talked about it on your show on a number of occasions, uh, splitting the other team's defense, uh, having three good centermen and now four with Shea and two in the mix, that's all well and good. The biggest reason why Shea and Broussard are going to show dividends for this team are, are the next two games or however long Geno is out. This is why they got him. We wanted to never see it, but now we're going to see it. Broussard in the playoffs in the second-line center while Malkin or Sid is out, and now we're looking at it. Yeah, I think if you can win one of these two games on the road in Washington, first of all, I think the pressure would totally be squarely on the backs of Washington if it isn't already. And I think that it makes the trade worth it. If they win one of those games, it makes Ian Cole getting out of here and the Penguins having the bottom pair that they do totally worth it if Broussard's played a role at all in those games. Right, and I think he has found something with that combo around him of Rust and Sheary. I think that line works yes. well together. And I also think, I don't know why it works, but it does. Shane with Phil Kessel and uh, Haglin on the other wing. Haglin, though, is out. That also hurts the PK, by the way, against Ovechkin, too, for the record. But um, I don't know about putting Simone up there as the other winger. No, no, no. I, I would prefer to have Aston Reese, but that's just me. No, I agree with that too, Tim. Any other matchups that you're looking forward to in this series that that well, you know, I don't want to do matchups. How about any Mia Khalifa versus Brooklyn Chase? I don't know who Brooklyn Chase is, but I'm going to Google her during the break. Uh, do it on a non-work computer. I'm going to do it during the break, uh, Tim. She's who... an adult film star who re- relocated to Greater Pittsburgh, uh, the Western Pennsylvania area. I'm not sure exactly where she lives, but she met a Pittsburgh guy out in San Diego. I believe was a you know an, uh, a military guy in San Diego, and uh, she has become an adopted daughter of Pittsburgh, and we should be very proud. She Tom, does fine work. Are you tying your shoes over there, Tom? What are you doing? What are you looking at? Don't look at me. Don't look at me. What are you doing? No, That's disgusting. Okay, just all right. Turn the lights back off. Oh, I'm I'm seeing pictures. Oh boy, we should not look at that here on the work computer. Good point. And she's way hotter than Mia Khalifa. Oh, way hotter than Mia Khalifa. Can we use a different analogy than Pittsburgh's daughter, please? <laughs> I was about to make a family joke surrounding uh, Felipe Vasquez or Rivero or whatever we're calling him, but I'm going to stay away from that. You watch Ray Donovan, Tim? Uh, I watched the first two seasons, then I got bored with it. Okay, well then. Well, crap. Uh, Tim, last thing for you. Who needs, and this is such a cliche question, but I'll ask it anyhow. Who needs to step up in Malkin's absence apart from Bassard? Uh, you, you need a lot of Kessel. I mean, I guess you just need guys to chip in uh, to win one of those first two. Uh, I think Leighton Van Der Esch needs to step up. That's, that's going to be my call. Did you, hear he's Le- got, did you hear he's got a cervical issue? I didn't know that men had cervixes. Uh, d- different kind of. You're on the right track. Just go north a little bit in your anatomy chart. Oh. Yeah. 
Is that that's, been, that's been Kuznetsov's problem over the years in the playoffs against the Penguins, as I recall. <laughs> is that the guy? Is that who you think the Steelers will be taking? No, I want I want Rashawn Evans, to be honest with you. Okay. But I, I am really fearful that all four guys are going to be gone from the inside linebacking position. And then I think that uh, they are not going to find themselves a pass rusher that is going to be worthy of being taken in that low spot in the first round. I bet you, even though... I don't think it makes a lot of sense. I bet you they walk away with a defensive back. I would go one of the four inside linebackers. If those guys aren't there, Geis, if he's on the board, if he's not there, I go with Oliver or Jackson or uh, Reed, uh, one of the defensive backs, uh, because I don't know. I would prefer they go pass rush, but I don't know who a good pass. Like, there's a couple of like small conference pass rush guys that are going to be maybe there at the end of the second round, but the Steelers, wasn't Troy Edwards like the last not? Or no, it was Ben. Wasn't Ben the only non? Who's the last non-power five guy they got in the first round besides Ben? Yeah, in the first round, I think you do have to go back unless you want to count Hank Poteet because I would because that's not a major conference school. Yeah, nailed it. Yeah, but he was bef- Hank Poteet was like ninety eight. Yeah, but he went to Pitt and I had to get a shot in. That's oh, worthwhile. If you, if you need to take a shot, you need to take a shot. You know that's right. We're not taking shots tomorrow. We're drinking beer, and you're coming. Let's yeah, do it. Yeah, thanks. Thanks. Appreciate that. See you, buddy. Enjoy the uh, draft broadcast on Friday. Don't say anything controversial, okay? Yes! See. Don't, don't get yourself in trouble. No comment. Thanks for coming <laughs> on, buddy. See you. Bye. I knew that was coming at some point. I, I knew he was, was going to get it in. I thought it was coming right at the beginning. Yes. He went on out on a parting shot. Nicely done, Benz. Coming up next... I love this NHL playoff format. And the five-minute major at ESPN Pittsburgh. As a marketer, you want to reach everyone. Adults, teens, millennials. But it's not like these groups all hang out in the same place, right? Actually wrong. They're all right here listening to radio commercials just like this one. Radio ads connect with 93% of Americans every week. That's more than Google, more than Facebook, more than TV. In fact, radio reaches 20% more millennials than TV. Want more of the people you want to talk to all in one place? You want to get to iHeartMedia.com and get AMFM working for you. Yeah, I mean, I think Mia knows more about sports, but I'm not sure that matters. I, I just, it, I think it's more. I think it's more about the presentation. Look, I can turn ESPN for that on for that. That's true. I, I, I don't need to talk. Oh, look sports. at her here. All right, so who's going to break it to Brooklyn? Chase, that she's not an actress. What do you mean? In her Twitter bio, it says she's oh, an actress. Oh, no. This again. She's not an actress. Oh, Still man. looking her up? Yeah, she's in porn. Well, she acts like she's getting... Oh, never, mind. never mind. Something about gobbling. Turkey. I love this NHL playoff format. She does good thespian scenes. We get great matchups in round two. That was the whole idea of it, right? See how many times you can get marquee matchups in the playoffs because there aren't stars in the National Hockey League. 
the way that there are in the NBA or the National Football League, at least not to the mainstream. I can talk all day about stars in the National Hockey League. Patrick Laine, Connor McDavid, Austin Matthews, blah, 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 blah. There are a lot of stars to the hockey fan, but there's not a lot of stars to the casual fan. And this helps alleviate some of the desperation for the star. You get the best teams playing because they haven't been eliminated yet. And it's just far more intriguing to watch. We had seen Penguins Capitals one time, 2009, in Crosby and Malkin's career up until 2015. They had gone a long time without playing each other. The rivalry had gone dormant for a little bit. They changed the playoff format and bing, bang, boom, three series in a row. Also, bing, bang, boom is the name of Brooklyn Chase's latest porno flick. I know what the boom and the bang stand for. No idea on the bing. Here's the problem I do have. They're going up against the draft! Again! This is the third year in a row that Penguins Capitals will be game one, or pardon me, night one of the NFL draft. The last two years I watched it at the UPMC Rooney Sports Complex. This year, I will not be. I will not be there until Friday. But I could have been. I'm sure they could still have me there. I mean, I wouldn't do anything. I'm not going to go because I'm going to be hammered because we're drinking alcohol tomorrow from 6 o'clock until 7. Regardless, every damn year since this playoff format has been together, while I love the format, I hate the idea of putting your two biggest stars up against the NFL draft. But I'll forget about that for a moment. You're not always guaranteed to have the best two teams in the conference final. You're just not. Washington's usually one of the best teams in hockey, if not the best team in hockey, frankly, and they're never there. They're, they're never in the conference final. They never get to the Stanley Cup final. You don't have much of an opportunity to market them. Well, you know they get to the second round. So what's Gary Bettman decide to do? What's the National Hockey League decide to do? Well, it's change the format. Let's make division foes have to play. Let's create a bracket. Brackets are popular in this country. Let's do it. Everyone loves a good bracket. In fact, I'm sure Brooklyn likes to get spanked by them. No? Tom's shaking his head. Not a good joke. Is that what it was? No, it was a great joke. Second round. This year will show Winnipeg, who nobody cares about because... It's Winnipeg. Uh, Nobody in the States even knows where Winnipeg is. And it'll show Nashville. Nashville's growing. They had the third highest TV ratings in the first round of the playoffs this year. Pittsburgh, of course, number one. And Winnipeg, that's a hell of a hockey club. Now the country's going to get introduced to that team and Patrick Line and all the great players that they have other than Patrick Line that score a bleep ton of goals. I think it's a really smart thing for the sport to have done. And when it first happened, I hated it. I bitched. I moaned because you want to be rewarded for being a great team. Two years ago, the Penguins were one of the best teams in hockey. And they got rewarded by playing the Washington Capitals, who were the best team in hockey. And Washington, who was the best team in hockey, got rewarded in the second round by playing the Penguins. And I thought, this freaking stinks. And I said that selfishly as a Penguins fan. This freaking stinks. Every year you got to beat the best team before you have to beat the best team or would have had to have before, right? 
But from a National Hockey League standpoint, from trying to drum up interest, for, from a trying to get the casual fan interested, I get it. You don't want to see one of these great teams blow it. Brooklyn. Before you get to showcase them nationally. And now it lowers the percentages. It lowers the chances of that happening. Now, Capitals fans wish they could get on their knees and pray that they wouldn't have to see the Pittsburgh Penguins in the second round every damn year. But Penguins fans can say, ah, we beat them anyhow. It's better for the league. We go with it. It's time to get pucked up with some of the best damn hockey talk on the planet. You go to the box, you know, uh, you feel shame, you know. And then you get free. This is the five minute major with Adam Crowley. Yeah, the five minute major, if you're new to the show, is the segment where we analyze, uh, pardon me, analyze the Penguins. A uh, little X's and O's. Gensel Crosby Hornquist, Russ Brassard Sherry, Zach Aston Reese, Shahan Kessel, Simone Joris Kuhnhockel. That's what I would do. I'd bring in Joris. This is why you got him. If the, if the Penguins do have problems with the center depth, you slide everyone up and you bring Joris in. It's going to, however, be Carter Rowney with Zach Aston Reese and Tom Kuhnhockel. And then it's going to be Simone, Shahan, and Kessel as the Penguins' third line. The rest of it's exactly what I would like to see. The reason why I don't want to see Simone on that third line, and Tim Benz was alluding to this in the last segment, is that he's not a great defensive player. He can be hard on pucks. I think the adrenaline carried him in the first round. But I think Zach Aston Reese, while he's not the greatest skater, is a far better defensive player. And I think you need someone who's good defensively and someone who go into the corners and win puck battles on that third line. You don't really have that with Simone and Kessel. Neither of those guys are great at it. Shahan can do it. But you need someone else to do it, too. I don't love, and I never question Mike Sullivan, I don't love the way that these lines play out. As for the top two lines, and I consider Broussard's line the second line now, without Haglin going to be in the lineup, I like them. I like their ability to create offense, and I like their chances of creating mismatch opportunities against Washington. It's just not the same, though. It's just not the same. Penguins fans who are saying it's going to be a romp, the Penguins are going to win this series, even if they don't have Malkin and Haglin. Consider this. The third line would be Broussard, Rust, and Sherry. Now that's the second line. The second line would be Kessel, Malkin, and Haglin. That's a hell of a lot harder to defend! These Penguins, right now on paper, are not better than the Washington Capitals. The team that's going to play the Capitals in Game 1 is not better than the team that they're putting out there. It's just not. So for Penguins fans that keep blowing my mentions up, and we'll get to them as we go along in the show, the Capitals are not a worse hockey team than the Penguins are when Mulkin and Haglin are playing. They're just not. I don't love Washington's bottom six, but do you love the Penguins' bottom six? No. You love Kessel and you love Shahan. The other four are just guys at this point. Rowney's just a guy. Kuhnhockel's just a guy. Aston Reese hasn't done much yet. It's going to be a bitch of a series. 
And if Malkin and Hagelin don't play, I think it might actually be a quick one the other way. And by quick, I mean six games for Washington. We'll see how long it takes them to come back. Coming up next, we turn our attention to the NFL draft. Dale Lolly of DKPittsburghSports.com hops on to talk about that. It is the Crowley Show. I met someone. You hear it a lot from people on Match. Because more people have met their someone on Match than any other dating app. Everyone wants to find that meaningful connection. And Match is not only number one in first, but second dates, too. Now here's a free offer for our listeners. Go to Match.com slash find for seven days free. That's seven days completely free to search, view photos, and connect. This free offer is found at Match.com slash find. That's Match.com slash find. Match.com slash find. She can touch her toes. With what? Her tongue. You're kidding me. I wouldn't kid you, Brian. I used to be able to do that. You guys talking about that new Venom trailer? Yeah. ESPN Pittsburgh Traffic. 